powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name is Liz. Nice to see you. Uh, I'm by myself today, as you can see from my background. I got my jersey of the day, all by my lonesome. So today we're going to have a nice little breakdown of that 7-4 win over the Vancouver Canucks in this fine matinee. And I'd love to hear what you have to say in the chat. So for those of you watching live on YouTube, thanks for joining me. I know that there are lots of other things kind of going on on this fine week 18 of Sunday football. So I'm glad that you're uh, taking the time to join me and talk about this game. So um what an interesting one, eh? <laughs> um, I was, you know, when you watch these games, knowing that you're going to jump online and you're going to talk about, you know, what you liked, what you didn't like, and, you know, what you saw, what were some consistent themes. These games are fun to watch, but they're not fun to come up with a narrative to talk about, you know? Like, you're sitting there watching and you're like, this is just entertaining. Uh, we could talk about the scope of the win, right? Like, it, it's a big win. Undefeated in 2023. You know, it's a fun joke to, you know, clock strikes 12 and it's January 1st and you're like, oh, my team hasn't lost this year. You know, there's always those play on words and see you next year, right? It's that same type of thing. But we're a few games into 2023. Jets are jets are riding. It's, it's a good time. On Friday, I was at school till late in the evening and I wasn't able to catch the game. So going into this one, I was super excited to watch... Um, Perfetti, Ehlers, Schmidt, Wheeler, all those guys come back, right? Like, obviously, Friday was a huge deal for a lot of us. It was it was exciting, and <laughs> everyone was fired up, and I was getting a lot of FOMO from Twitter from watching everyone just get so fired up about getting these guys back. So I had that same excitement going into today. I was ready to watch them. Also, the Jets have had some success against the Canucks this year and the previous two games they played against each other in. And, you know, I, w I was feeling good about this one. And, you know, we, we open up, and they're starting David Riddick, which um, I like uh, just because, I don't know, I... It's multifaceted, right? I'm all in on this team. Like, genuinely, at this point, like, now, I am such a hater. I'm such a pessimist. All these things. I'm all in, right? I, I This team is so exciting. This team is so fun. And they have so many good parts and so many good components that I genuinely, like, I want to see them do well. I'm not... There's no tank for Bedard on my brain right now. Like, I, I want to see what this team can do with the guys they have right now. Obviously, I'll talk about... Well, not particularly today. Um, but people talk about, you know, still making trades and all these kinds of things. But this is... One of the first years in quite some time where I'm like, oh my gosh, be massive buyers of the deadline. Oh my gosh, actually put the effort in to win more hockey games and, you know, get a good spot in the division to go for it all the way through the playoffs. And so for that reason, I'm okay with the Dave Riddick start because Connor Hellbuck, God bless his heart, love Connor Hellbuck, he, he could use some time off, right? Like, like any starting goalie can. Like I think the best teams, when their goalies fire up in the playoffs and stuff like that, they're, they're not the exhausted goalies. They're not the John Gibsons of the world who are sitting there just dying every single night because their team is giving up so many shots, right? I don't know. I was okay with the start, but tonight was not a good night to be a goalie in the Canada Life Center. <laughs> Obviously, with any 7-4 win um, or 7-4 game, there are a lot of goals going on, and there were definitely, definitely some goals tonight. I want to know, for those of you who are watching live in the chat, obviously, you know, nice to see you here. Give a like, give a subscribe. We love to have you in the chat. Which of the seven goals was your favorite tonight? I want to know because there were so many nice ones. And I, again, I always pick my jersey of the day to put up on the wall. I've been waiting to break this one out all year. All year I've been waiting to break this one out. And tonight I was more than happy to pull up the Nikolai Ehlers jersey. That guy was a lot of fun tonight. I um, It's so funny. Like, I... 
when I listen to other people talk about hockey, sometimes I wonder, you know, where, like, just the level of understanding of certain things. Sometimes people just make casual comments. And the Nikolai Ehlers zone entry thing has become a very, very common topic within mainstream. Like, it used to be a thing that for a while they were talking about, um, you know, some of the uh, most underrated winger and all those kinds of things with Nikolai Ehlers, but he's got some respect on his name in the last couple of years. I'm not too worried about that anymore, but genuinely the space that he's able to create for himself when possession is turned over from his own zone is unreal. It's so amazing to watch. And you know, everyone says Nikolai Ehlers zone entry king. Yes, we talk about that, but actually watching it for the first time in over 35 games was so refreshing. Like, I just love, love, love being able to watch him do that and the amount of extra chances and the amount of extra possession that comes from it. He just makes it look so easy, and it's not easy, right? That's an issue that the Winnipeg Jets have faced all year is the ability to actually break through that neutral zone. Like, I don't know. I was just so happy to see that back, and it's dangerous, man, right? Like, we know that we have some offensive weapons on this Winnipeg Jets team, and if they're able to actually unleash their their abilities and that capacity because they have someone who's able to create that space for them and get that extra zone time, people aren't going to want to play against the Winnipeg Jets, and I haven't been able to say that with a straight face in quite a few years. I can't even say it with a straight face now, but we all know that this, this team has its ups and its downs, but that part was really exciting for me, and his goal tonight... I have to say that might be my favorite. Um, someone in the chat says the AJF goal was their favorite. Ooh, that, that one's hard not to love too. Brady says Connor's first. Great passing play. That one was so nice. What a way to open up the game, man. That guy almost had a hat trick in the first eight minutes of the game. It was so wild. I was just, th- there was that last, um, on the third chance that he had early on. I thought he had a quiet middle of the game, um, but early on, um, he almost had a hat trick on, I wrote it down here, there was a um, a nice little pass in front and some, you know, movement on in the net front there, which I thought was a particular area tonight that I want to talk about, about the Winnipeg Jets. I keep saying tonight, by the way, I know it's almost 5 p.m., it's not really tonight, but if it's a hockey game, it's a tonight to me. <laughs> um, but I thought that the Winnipeg Jets were able to create a little bit more in net front than typical games. And part of that, to me, it it was interesting, right? Because um, Delia is an NHL goalie. He is a guy. Um, And last game that the Winnipeg Jets played against the Vancouver Canucks, I noticed that he was, like, his rebounds are large. He had, like, his, the control of his rebounds is not, as good as a lot of, you know, NHL starting goalies and stuff like that. And it's something that I thought the Jets ended up adjusting to relatively well throughout the game because they were a little bit tighter to the net front, which is what I like, which is what I want. Everyone wants your players to be right in front of the goalie, ready to pot in those rebounds. But Delia, in my opinion, and again, I'm not a goalie scout here. I Goalies are a particular area of analysis that I don't, I don't have the fullest confidence in my abilities in that area, but I thought that his rebounds were really wide tonight, and I thought the Jets were almost too tight at the beginning of the game to his pads to actually do something with that puck that came off of the rebound, right? Because I thought that the rebounds are coming further out than they were expecting to, and it was harder to manage them in tight. And I thought they they backed off, not backed off, but it backed off in a good way uh, as the game went on and it ended up looking better because I do think that the rebound control in this game from both goaltenders uh, was part of the reason that this game was so chaotic. So, uh, again, goalies, weird. We all know that goalies are weird. Uh, shout out Delia and shout out Martin for, you know, having 
a game today. They definitely played a hockey game. These goalies played a hockey game. Uh, We won't talk about how good or bad it was, but I thought that was one particular area for the Winnipeg Jets that um, I I liked the adjustment that I saw, and I thought it uh, ended up working out. So I think that um, you'd find that in a lot of these streams that I do, I talk about how the Winnipeg Jets play in front of the net quite frequently in both zones. Um, And talking a little bit more about in the defensive zone tonight, um, particularly there was one... um, one of the goals, one of the earlier goals, I can't remember which one in particular it was. I have the box score pulled up, but I have to scroll for eons to get through all of them. 11 goals is too many goals to talk about, dude. Like, what is this? Um, but, like, this game was almost as high scoring as the Miami and New York game today that I was watching and flipping back and forth between and early on. That was a 6-9 final um, Miami Dolphins shutout um, playoff berth there. But it was literally just as high scoring as that game was, which is, you know, hilarious. But anyways, there was um, one particular goal. I want to say it was the Stanika goal, perhaps. Maybe it was the Horvath goal. Anyways, besides the point, Dylan DeMello was the guy in front of the net, and it was a nice little net front deflection. Maybe it was the last goal, that nice deflection. I don't remember which one in particular. Uh, But the stick was not tied up properly. And that was one particular area that I've been getting on the Jets case for a lot this year. We know that we have a couple of guys in this team that, um, in, in the defensive zone, they, they like to play the body a little bit. They're a little bit more chaotic sometimes. Like, more notably, you know, we have Neil Pionk, who's not always the greatest net front defender. Uh, Brendan Dillon, who's a little bit more aggressive on the body, as well as uh, Dylan Sandberg get, likes to get the hip in there when he's got a guy in front, depending on the day. Um, but the stick, man, it's all about the stick, the, the deflections. We know NHL players have fantastic hand-eye coordination, and they, they practice those deflection goals quite frequently, and it's an area um, that's huge because with how crowded the ice can get with 10 players, especially when you're in the zone. Uh, It's hard to get pucks through, so deflections are a big area um, that we know score a lot of goals, like a lot of teams score deflection goals. You got to get that stick tied up. You got to get that stick tied up. And in that particular goal, it's like, man, oh man, you need to get that one. So I thought that was an area that the Jets were okay in tonight, Uh, but that's one particular area that I've always, like, I like that about, we're going to talk about Villahainola because we always talk about Villahainola, notably a healthy scratch tonight. Um, People are expecting possibly there could be a waiver move coming, or not a waiver move, pardon me, but a call up, call down uh, going on there as currently there are two defensemen in the press box for the Winnipeg Jets. But that's one particular area that I think Villahainola is relatively strong in is people talk about the the smaller guy and whatnot, but he gets a good body positioning on players in front of that and ties up the stick. And that that's an entire scoring threat that you're removing, right? If that player's stick is open, there are so many ways that that can go. And I think that that was an area tonight that the Winnipeg Jets definitely could have improved in. And I think it would have led to a couple less goals because those deflections are hard for goalies to find. And that's why can't always blame a goalie uh, for a shot that comes their way at a strange angle, uh, especially if it changes at the last minute and they're not in the right position. Defenseman's got to get that stick tied up. Um, so Julian in the chat says KFC PLD fly is a line that can make huge waves in the playoffs. So I want to talk about the lines a little bit tonight. Going into this, I am very openly not the biggest fan of the KFC PLD Ehlers line because I don't think it leaves a strong enough second line because I don't think Perfetti, Shifley, and Wheeler is the second line that this team needs. I'm a big fan of Shifley and Ehlers as a pairing and Connor Dubois as a pairing. However, tonight, man oh man, was that top line a ton of fun. This team played a pretty loose game across the board. Like It just seemed like, especially with those two goals coming so quick at the beginning, they kind of just took 
their foot off the gas a little bit, not in trying to create or anything, but just I see I thought they started to get a little bit sloppier with a couple of things. Um, Duwan in particular, I thought had a little bit more of a lax game and stuff like that, but uh, like in, in their own zone, whenever that that line is behind the blue line pardon for the double word there but I I get very stressed like I don't trust that team to defend um but you know it's also the Vancouver Canucks so it is what it is but I thought that you know moving forward it's it was good tonight I thought it was interesting especially with Ehlers getting his legs back under him and looking pretty good um I thought they looked really fantastic and I think that you know, the fun goals that they can create is huge. Kyle Connor, for example, that, that second goal that he had was the, it, it wasn't a breakaway. I think there was a defenseman there. He was coming in anyways. Um, I got excited when he scored. I was very happy for him. Obviously two goals in that short of a stretch for one player is super exciting, but um, I thought that it was the kind of thing like last year, I would have been celebrating that goal before the puck even got off his stick, right? This year, the shooting percentage of Cal Connor and just like the goal scoring touch in general has just been a little bit, it's regressed a little bit back to a more, you know, regular type kind of thing. But seeing tonight, like if you can get, you know, a 50 goal scoring Connor, Cal Connor back, like, you know, not, not this year in particular, but on that pace. And if that means playing with Dubois Ehlers, that's huge for the team, right? Because pucks in the net win games uh so I think that that is super exciting and that that line was a ton of fun so I really enjoyed watching them tonight so um I think that that kind of goes to you know I was saying I don't like watching them in their own zone very much I didn't like watching anyone in the Jets own zone tonight and I think that there are a couple people in the chat talking about the defensive struggles that the Winnipeg Jets saw tonight so Julian says uh with how the defense struggled today I could see Hanola drawing in uh, for a shakeup for next game and then Dave Smith says the thought of Bianca and Dylan in the playoffs is terrifying. And I think that those are a couple of players that we can we can talk a little bit about. Man, oh man, the Winnipeg Jets and their giveaways tonight were not, uh, it, it was not exciting and it was not promising or encouraging to a Jets fan in any capacity, right? We're sitting there watching this. We're like, oh goodness gracious, what is going on? And I think the defense, they're to me, it looked like there was some shuffling tonight, like inadvertent shuffling. shuffling. It wasn't like they meant to. There was just, you know, with some penalty killing and with some longer shifts and because of the higher possession and moving players around. Like there were some guys playing with some different partners tonight and stuff like that. And so some of me wants to attribute it to that. I'm like, oh, they're just figuring it out. They got a new guy back from injury. It's been a little while. They're playing with some different partners, but they just weren't that sharp tonight. I thought that, I didn't think that any of the defensemen in particular were playing particularly sharp. And like... Neil Pionk, I don't need to talk about Neil Pionk too much. Like, I think it's just the kind of thing where it's worth noting that this player, um, you know, in a game like this, when you're playing against a team that gives you a little bit more ice and that doesn't have, um, you know, as much solid structure as some of the other players, or pardon me, teams that you play against, like, there's room there for a guy like Neil Pionk who does have a little bit of that offensive, I don't know what you want to say, like, creativity, and eh, not really offensive offensive-minded play, whatever you want. There's room for that there. And I just think that, I don't know, I wasn't the hugest fan of his particular game tonight. I didn't like him. I didn't like Brendan Dillon's game tonight either, but I don't like that pairing. I very strongly dislike that pairing. And it begs the question to be asked, do the Winnipeg Jets miss Derek Forbert? (laughs) Um, 
But uh, no, I'm kidding. We don't need to go that. Um, but Cody in the chat says, uh, Sid Pionk already. <laughs> JFC, I'm not going to swear on the podcast, but if he was a rookie, he'd never play another game in his career. And that's something that I think is super interesting too. And Neil Pionk, looking at his career, you know, undrafted player, when he was traded uh, as part of that that deal, people were like, who? And then he came and he was good. And then he signed a big contract and then he was bad. Just it's a it's been a very interesting timeline of this player. And I think it's a great point. And I am so, so, so on this team of the if he were a rookie, he would never play another game. And that drives me crazy because I understand that players establish things and, you know, they they establish themselves and you can't take them out of the lineup as easily as a rookie and stuff like that. Like I've been on sports teams. I know how that works. Like I, I get it. But at the same time, it's frustrating the different kinds of leashes that players can get and how it seems like that, I don't know if you want to call it seniority or that um, that reputation or something, even if that reputation is poorly founded, sometimes wins, oftentimes wins over the actual quality of play that a player is producing at that time, right? And it's frustrating. So, you know, a guy who's younger, like, for example, if we think someone in the chat, I think it was Julian who had mentioned earlier that he thinks that Billy might get a look next game, we know that Dylan Sandberg will be the one who comes out if Billy comes in. And I don't disagree with that entirely, but it's I'm saying that because I know that they wouldn't even consider scratching an older player. And I think that it's the kind of thing that, I don't know, maybe it's a shift that hockey will make eventually, or maybe it's something that I'm completely off base with, but I'm a huge um, supporter of merit-based play and merit-based results and that kind of stuff. And we understand everything in the NHL is merit-based, right? Like your contract's merit-based, all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to playing time and slots in the lineup, I just feel like that attitude and that mentality seems to go away a little bit. I don't know. But um, David in the chat says that Jets threw defense under the bus against the Canucks. And I fully agree. Like going back to sort of what I was saying about how the Jets tended, like they seem to just play a little bit more, yeah, like less a less tight-knit game, a less controlled game all those kinds of things um I I need to also mention that someone earlier in the chat says I'm just here um as a Jets fan to laugh about JT Miller having three points and still ending with a minus one which I think is hilarious because um I'm pretty sure yeah no because the Canucks yeah he had he's a minus one legendary love that guy um I think I want to talk about him and Neil Pionk a little bit in the same capacity because in the broadcast that I was watching, they talked about the compete level of these two players. And I I consider JT Miller and Neil Pionk to be very different players, but I don't like going into it. And when they talked about the compete level and, you know, the competitiveness of JT Miller, you know, they're talking about it because they're because JT Miller is getting a lot of media backlash right now for being, you know, not a nice guy. And it almost sounded like in the broadcast they were trying to be like, not defending it, but being like, he's a really competitive guy. This is why he's acting this way. And I don't love that because I don't think I've ever met a person in my life that likes losing. Like, I think being competitive is just like an inherently human trait, especially if you play it in a competitive sporting league. Like, you know, the kids, there are kids that play sports when they're like six or seven because their parents force them to and they don't really care like those kids. They're competitive in different ways. Like they don't care about winning. But if you continue to play hockey until you're, you know, like a tween, you probably have some level of competition in you. So if you're in the NHL, I'm sure you're a competitive person. So I feel like it's a really weird thing to talk about how competitive people are. I always find that a strange thing. And they started talking about it with Neil Pionk as well, talking about the competitive guy. I'm like, if he's competitive, dude, act like it. Like, 
then then play better please and thank you so i want to read um what david said in the chat here he says do i see a jets playoff series win i see uh one as a coin flip um i'm not even wearing my glasses i can't read this very closely but i think it's very interesting I see one as a coin flip versus a wild card team, uh, but if they're against the Wild or the Stars, uh, should the Jets finish second or third, their defense will definitely have to be a lot better. I find it astonishing that the Jets gave up so many goals after uh, four straight wins, albeit yes, with Connor Hellbuck, and that Riddich allowed two ugly goals and didn't help much, although a win is a win. And I think there are a ton of things in those particular comments that I do want to touch on. Um, first one, a win being a win, because I fully agree with that. What Brady was saying in the chat earlier, is this actually a five-game win streak? That's fantastic. Like, if you want to be a team that's competing for a particular playoff spot and that actually wants to succeed, you need those five-game win streaks here and there, especially in, like, months like January. Like, we all know how long the month of January is in the NHL. You know, you've the, the beginning of the season hype has worn off. There's not the playoff buildup yet. 82 games is a really long time, and <laughs> January, February is always quite long, and everyone is always just ready for a break when it comes All-Star time, which is coming up soon, of course. Um, but a win is a win, and I fully agree with that, and I think, you know, the Jets being able to find the back of the net tonight was huge, and it's the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, the defense tonight was not good, but <laughs> there's always a but. Um, like if you can continue to score those goals essentially at will, like they were today, like you know that Nikolai Ehlers goal, he he saw some room and he shot the puck and he scored. Kyle Connor he scored a hat trick with three three good goals, right? Like there there was a lot of that. If you can score at will, like the Jets were tonight, like that's big, and you can keep that in your back pocket, knowing that you have that ability and hopefully shore up the more controllable parts of the game. But you know if AJF can score from the top of the circle and if Morgan Barron can pot a nice little nifty Adam Lowry pass th- through the crease we'll we'll keep that we'll take it and we'll go <laughs> um so i think that um particularly to the defense we'll just talk a little bit more about the because of what Brady said in the chat and then I can move on. I swear I won't keep harping on them. He says that he thinks um, Bianca's hurt or nursing an injury or something. Skating has been off for a while now. I've noticed that he looks a little bit slower. And I agree with that. And I wonder, like, I, we've been so hard on this guy. We have. Um, but it's not, you know, unwarranted or anything like that. Because there have been times where he just doesn't look right. He often doesn't, like, he just hasn't looked right all year. And I think even in the last little bit, he's looked almost a bit more chaotic and a little bit slower and like on like I genuinely agree that there's something that might be a little bit off there um I don't know if it's a pairing thing or if it's an injury thing or something like that but he as a player has looked a little bit off and you know especially knowing the way that the the Jets defense is set up right now granted I understand he's right-handed but is he right-handed now I'm confused I think what I hate it when I can't remember what hand players shoot. My brother and I were arguing over what hand Sidney Crosby shoots the other day, and I was like, I feel like I'm visualizing all these goals where he scores on his backhand, so it makes me think he shoots a different hand than he does. It makes me think he shoots right-handed, but I think he's left-handed. Besides the point. Anyways, if a defenseman is hurt, especially given... I always believe that if someone is hurt, they shouldn't necessarily be playing. Um... But especially with a couple of guys wanting to get some looks in the lineup and rotated through in Kappa Bianco and Hanola, if he's hurt, oh my gosh, please sit down. It's okay. Um, Brady thinks he looked better de- offensively tonight. And I think, um, like, I think that's fair, but 
it's almost giving world juniors in the sense where I'm like, I don't want to read into it too much. Dylan DeMello scoring a freaking goal tonight. I, I tweeted this. I was like, Dylan DeMello scoring is literally my Stanley Cup <laughs> because I just, I adore him. I didn't think he had a great game tonight. And it's the kind of thing where it's like, you know what? It's also the Canucks and, and we can, we can acknowledge that it's the Canucks, but a, a big win's a big win and, and good plays from players. Those persist and that creates momentum. That's huge. Talking a little bit more about a, cu- a couple of the other lines tonight, we won't keep this stream too long because I know that, uh, you know, by myself, sometimes you ramble, sometimes you talk about, you know, everything and anything, and then sometimes you can get repetitive on topics. But I thought that the perfetti Shifley wheeler line was a bit off today. Uh, I remember reading some tweets after the first game that said, uh, Ehlers look better by the end of the game, but uh, Perfetti and Wheeler, people thought, still looked a step behind. And I agreed with that. Um, I thought both of those players had poor games, um, and I don't want to put too much stock into it. I know what both of those players are capable of. Um, Blake Wheeler just looked a bit slower tonight. Cole Perfetti was less crisp with the puck, and he looked a little bit slower too. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to read into it too much, but again, that's also part of the reason why I don't think I like that lo- line in the long term, because even when fully healthy, I don't think Wheeler has the straight line speed anymore that he used to have to create as much and I think that any player who plays in a line with Perfetti would be in decent shape to score um so I I think that they would still be able to contribute but if this team wants to compete at the level I know they want to which is playoff level hockey I don't think that line can stay together and I think it also means disbanding you know um Connor Dubois Ehlers because that's not argue that is three of your best four forwards and I believe in splitting up two and two with your best forwards if you want two strong lines so I think that that line will run its course eventually I think they'll now that we have some players that are healthy and hopefully Touchwood can stay healthy they'll do some juggling around with the lines and see what the most optimal fit is and I don't think it's this um but I'm rooting for those players I I'm rooting for Perfetti and Wheeler all day every day right so I I hope they can they can pick it up a little bit but I thought that line looked a bit off tonight um but the last line that I'll talk about in particular is the fourth line I love the Winnipeg Jets fourth line I love Kevin Stenland I am a Kevin Stenland apologist I am the number one Kevin Stenland fan in the world um if there are zero Kevin Stenland fans left in the universe that means that Brady and I were fired into the sun (laughs) um I like him I thought he was fun tonight I thought AJF was fun tonight I don't like that David Gustafson is a scratch um I don't like that he's been scratched two games in a row. I don't mind the occasional scratch for these players while they're trying to figure out who their optimal top six is and give everyone some time, especially early on in the year. We saw they were doing that a lot where, you know, Sam Gagne would sit a game, um, Mikey Esamont would sit a game, and AJF would sit a game, right? They, they were moving these guys through. I don't want David Gustafson to be a scratch long term. However, I would like to go hang out in the press box with him and Billy. That sounds like it would be a really fun time. I don't know. Um, but I love the Winnipeg Jets fourth line, and I thought that tonight there were a lot of good looks from them just with the puck management I thought they were a little bit tighter than some of the top lines I thought that you know especially later in the game Kyle Connor got kind of lax on the puck Pierre Dubois as I was saying before was lax all the way through with it I thought Cole Perfetti had a lot more negative touches in this game than he normally does all those kinds of things and I thought that the the fourth line was a little bit tighter on that kind of thing, which is what you want, right? Like, I think the best kind of fourth line is the kind of line that you can throw out just an energy line, right? Like a really good energy line of guys 
who can just hound on the puck and create some extra possession and all those kinds of things um, just to give your top scoring guys a little bit of a break. Like we know that the best third lines are matched and they, and they do the defending and stuff like that. And the fourth lines, even if they're running, you know, seven minutes a night or whatever, you want them to go out there and you want them to push, 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 and you want them to create all that pressure. And I think that this is the kind of line that can do that, but they also have some actual ability. Like you saw the AJF goal tonight, that's not a good goal. If that goal were given up against my team, I'd be pissed. Um, but it's also like the guy can shoot. He's got the ability. He works like a dog and he, you know, can hound on the puck. He can call off pretty much any icing just by putting his head down and letting his locks flow in the wind, right? He's definitely an energy guy. And Kevin Sendlin also has the ability to be an energy guy, but he's very versatile in the sense that he, you know, he can defend as well and he can like actually create on his own which I think is really underrated for a a bottom six player particularly a fourth line player I like Kevin Sendlin I thought he was good tonight I thought the fourth line was good tonight uh Dave Smith asks how Kuhlman has not been scratched yet I agree that he's doing his best out there and I don't dislike Carson Kuhlman like I I want him to do well just as I want every Jets player to do well um but if it comes down to choosing between him and David Gustafson I I'm choosing Gus every time, right? Like, I I don't know if I fully understand that, but I also know that this player is newer to the team, so hasn't had as much time to get acquainted with everyone and hasn't had as much time to gel with the lineup. So I definitely understand from that perspective why they're giving him a little bit of a rope. But is it at the expense of David Gustafson? We need him to get some energy there. Like, he hasn't had... The season that we've been wanting from him, he's been very good defensively, which we knew he could do, and we were hoping to see him unleash a little bit more of that offensive ability. We know he has. He had in the AHL. We know it's there. just hasn't been there yet, but I'm not ready to jump off the Gus bus yet because, you know, I am the driver. So <laughs> um, before we wrap up the show, I want to ask, if you think you know what way it's going to go, make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live and play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn19+. plus. Please play responsibly. So, that kind of sums up my general thoughts on the game, right? Like, I think... As I said at the beginning, the storyline was just that both of these teams were kind of sloppy tonight. I think worth noting, um, I forgot how good of a hockey player Elias Pettersson is. Like, I love watching him play. He's so fun. And I didn't think that the Jets, um, you know, defended against him or, frankly, any of the Vancouver Canucks extremely well tonight. And I think that you could also say the same thing. I'm sure if you go listen to Clay, who's on Game Over Vancouver, which I highly recommend you go check out either, you know, right after this. Clay, I think, tends to stream for longer than I do, so he'll probably still be going and he has other streams as well. Or you can listen on Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts later. I'd be interested to hear what they have to say as well, right? Because I think that this is a pretty relatively common showing of the Vancouver Canucks team in the sense that, you know, they weren't tight on the zone entries. They weren't tight in front of the net to clear those chances. They weren't producing as much as they needed to do. They weren't, like, you know, a lot of those things that have tended to be a theme with the Vancouver Canucks this year seem pretty apparent tonight. Um, I didn't think the Jets were fantastic, but they found a way to score many, many goals. Um, Need to give a particular shout out to Dylan DeMello for that shorthanded goal. What a rip, man. Oh my gosh. I 
was so thrilled and I I went to the jet skills competition last week and I have like I don't have a lot of jets swag like I don't know I don't maybe it's because I'm like a 20 year old girl who is in business school and doesn't really wear sports team swag that often but I don't have a lot of stuff so I found this one hat this like denim hat that I have and I was like I am gonna get this signed tonight but I'm only allowing three players to sign it and um if you had told me that you know a couple weeks ago that two of those players would be scratched and one would score a sniping goal in January of 2023 I would be a little bit confused um nonetheless um David Gustafson, Billy Hainala, and Dylan DeMello of course were the three players that I allowed to sign my hat no one else um so uh, Dylan DeMello, obviously adored with my whole heart. That goal was a ton of fun tonight. Loved the speed from AJF on that and loved the pass. I loved a lot of the offensive creation I saw from a couple of the players tonight, but, you know, it's hard to put all that much stock into it when they're given as much space as they were because against stronger teams, that space is not going to be there, so they're going to need to find ways to create in other ways. But that's kind of the general thoughts I had on the game, right? You know, it's uh, it was a fun one. I, I enjoyed watching that. You know, it was the, the back and forth of the two goals here and then two goals there and then two goals here and then two goals there. It was cool. I liked it. You know, it would have been less fun if it was like, you know, the Jets scored six and then the Canucks scored three and then the Jets scored one and then the Canucks scored one. You know, I don't want that. I want the fun, you know, whiplash games. And that definitely was one. Um... Dave Riddick, um, not at fault for every single one of those goals, obviously, but definitely showed us all that, you know, showed Jets Facebook that he is a backup goaltender, which is what we knew when we got him, but he's a backup goaltender and a backup goaltender is what they are, what they are. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's, that's why you don't pay in the big bucks. Um, but I love Connor Hellebuck, and I'm glad that he will be playing next game. Uh, so I will be back next game. This will be on Tuesday, playing the Detroit Red Wings. I have a fun guest lined up, a guest who also happened to be at the Skills Comp on Wednesday or whenever it was last week, and is at every Winnipeg Jets home game at Canada Life Center as well. So keep your eyes peeled for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and then Brady will be with you later in the week to cover a couple of those games. We know that the Jets have um, a relatively easy schedule teams wise uh leading up to the all-star break so hopefully they can really hone in and get a couple of those big wins to to cement some further uh success in the standings in that central division to hopefully put themselves in good shape looking to the playoffs so uh thanks again once again for joining uh always appreciate the chats and the comments um it's great to hear what everyone else has to say. I'm always on Twitter. If you find me, it's at Liz Hood. People always say my last name wrong, and I've kind of stopped correcting them, but it is Hood, like the hood of a jacket. And um, if you're listening to this later, appreciate you checking us out on Spotify, Apple Music, and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, definitely check out the other Game Over streams as well. I've been really fortunate to have, um, you know, some in Canada games. You know, the Jets have played some of the Canadian teams, so I've been able to look back and listen to what some of my colleagues over at the SDPN team have been saying about the games, and I always love hearing their insights. You know, definitely a lot smarter than I am across the board. Man, oh man, these people have so much... Uh, you know, so much insight to share. So definitely go check out the other Game Over streams. SDPN obviously has a ton of other fun uh, content always going on across the board with all their different podcasts and all their different social media accounts. So definitely check them out, check out some merch, uh, and we'll see you next time. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining, and I will see you on Tuesday. Game Over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.